Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Jed Doherty. Jed Doherty is a husband, father, former licensed certified social worker, award-winning children's author, professional magician, and the host of the Reading With Your Kids podcast. After working in the juvenile justice system for close to a decade, Jed left the traditional field of human services to serve humans' magic and laughter from the stage. Since that time, he has brought a magical message of caring and community to millions of hearts throughout the United States and Puerto Rico. In 2015, Jed, also known as Jedley, wrote and published The Great Marantini, a magical retelling of the story of the Good Samaritan. That book was named one of the top seven books that teach kids kindness by childrenspublishing.com and received a Story Monster approval. In 2017, Judley launched the Reading With Your Kids podcast to inspire families to grow closer by reading more together, and not just with our young kids. The show does this by interviewing authors of all genres of children's literature. Past guests include LeVar Burton, Brad Meltzer, Kate DiCamillo, and Jennifer Milius. Since its debut, the podcast has been downloaded to over 180 countries on every continent in the world, including Antarctica, and was nominated for the iHeartRadio Best Kids and Family Podcast Award. The show will be publishing its 1,000th episode on March 26th, 2021. Let's dive into the pond and meet Jed. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to be here today and introduce to you my friend, Jed Doherty, otherwise known as Jedley from the Reading With Your Kids podcast and author of The Great Marantini. Jed, thank you for being here. Uh, Jennifer, it is awesome to be with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be so much fun because I just am so excited to have you here. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, I, you know, I love uh, having the tables turned on me. <laughs> That's awesome. So what I would love for you to do is talk about what is the inspiration behind wanting to, you know, basically be there for kids because your podcast is that, but so is your, your books. You have two children's books and I would really like to know, like just the, it's coming from a, a central place. So would you please talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I never thought about being a children's author. I've been, um, making a living as a, uh, as a professional magician doing educational shows in schools for 30 years. And, and I actually never thought I'd be doing that either. I you know, <laughs> came out of college as a social worker, um, working with kids in the juvenile justice system. So I always had this connection with kids. Um, the, my shows have always been about helping kids make, to inspire kids to make better choices for their lives to be respectful of others, to care about themselves, make healthy choices for themselves. I remember one time after a show, there was, a, I think it was an art teacher and uh, I, I was getting ready for, for a second show and the art teacher said, well, wouldn't you like to just be able to go out and do your art and not have to worry about giving a message? And I'm like, no, this is, no, the message is the important thing that I can do some magic and fall around and be silly that's to get their attention, to give them the message. That's what's really important. In that's what I'm passionate about. Um, a few years ago, uh, I, you know, getting to know some authors uh, through the uh, We Choose Respect podcast that, that I had been um, um, producing, 
they just encouraged me to, you know, that, that I had these stories that I had been telling on stage for years. And they, they, they said, we're, we're living in a time right now where you can, you don't need a pr traditional publisher telling you that your book is good and that they'll publish the book for you. You have all these self-publishing tools. You can go on Amazon and uh, publish it. Uh, your book is an ebook. It doesn't cost you a penny. And um, so why not? You know, and uh, so I thought, why not? And I really had a lot of fun with it. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, I, I, I learned very quickly that a, a picture book's not supposed to be more than 600 words. <laughs> and I said, how can you tell a story in 600 words? I can't say hello with, with under 600 words. But um, so that was challenging, but also a lot of fun. And um, it, it led eventually to the uh, Reading With Your Kids podcast, which has just been uh, a huge blessing in my life. So that is an interesting point about the word count for 600 words. And to your point, when you are trying to tell a story like that and, and narrow down, how did you go through that process of taking something that you drafted? Mm -hmm. Did you initially just say, I'm just going to aim for 600? Or did you say, I'm just going to write, and then I'll start figuring out how to get it down to that area? Uh, well, uh, I wrote the book first, and then thankfully someone said, you should probably have an editor take a look at this. <laughs> and I said, no, I did spell check. It's okay. I, there's no misspelling. And they go, no, 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 no. And then explain to me what an editor does. And so I did. And the first thing I got, they, I got back is like, this is too long. I'm like, what do you mean? It's what I didn't even count the words and they said no it has to be under 600 words uh you know you know that's that's what the suggestion is and I thought that was ridiculous but it just kind of went at it from there just I had something that was done and then went through it and said okay what are the words that are that are most important where can I um you know make this more concise and does that it does that joke really add that much to the story you know so making those kind of decisions um and again with the help of my editor would uh show it again and and the editor would come back with um okay it's under 600 words but i don't know how you get from here to here you didn't explain that part you have to you know you, you just don't take things out you it still has to make sense so uh it certainly was a learning process that's awesome so to your point about it being a picture book. Mm -hmm. So how did you come through the process of working with an illustrator? That, that was really neat because right around the same time, my daughter was in college and my niece was in college. Um, uh, she, Tiffany lives in a different part, a part of the state. So we're not physically close and we didn't get a, get a chance to see each other that much, but she's about the same age as my daughter. And I knew that she was going um, to college to be a graphic artist. And so I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Um, can I pay you to create some illustrations for me? And she said, yeah, this is great. And, and so I, and, and when she said that it made, it made doing the editing um, more appealing to me because to be honest with you, when I first get the, get it back and they say, you got to do all this work. I'm like, I don't know if it's really worth it. When I realized that, Hey, if I do this work, I'm going to give my niece a chance to get a book published. Her first book published 
Well, then that was motivation for me. And it's like, I can do this. I can do this for Tiffany. I can, you know, I can do this work. So she has that opportunity. So um, that to me, it was like a win-win and, and um, working with her was wonderful. She was, you know, she, I I gave her some ideas and, and she came back with, with her initial, what she thought I was saying. And then I said, well, it's not quite what I wanted. And she said, well, kind of like what you said, but what do you want? <laughs> you know, so I learned how to speak to her a little bit more clearly. Um, and, and, and that was a lot of fun. You know, that was, um, uh, I was very involved with, with it. And, you know, I, I know a lot of authors and picture uh, illustrators have absolutely no communication at all. Um, in fact, we had an author and illustrator um, meet for the first time on my podcast. <laughs> I was unaware of that until we we're like halfway through the interview and the author, this woman was like, like in tears. And she's like, I just want to tell you, I love illustrations you made for my book. They're so wonderful. And I said, well, that was nice that you said that on the show. I would have figured you would have said that before. She goes, I never met him before this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so I, I feel like I'm 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 going off on all these different tangents. I, I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm, it's okay. It's all, we're following. It's yeah, all good. Yeah. It's all good. But you're right that that when there is there's a joy that when you're working with a story, especially something like a picture book, because the picture can help with that editing process in the context of it might be able to show some things that you don't need those words for so that the picture is communicating the message and then some, and it still allows that child to use their imagination to um, still continue to fill in the gaps too on their own. Yeah. Yeah. There was once in the great Maritini, um, the great Maritini, it's basically a retelling of the um, story of the, of the good Samaritan. And in my telling, uh, the, the great Maritini is this guy named Sam, who is a, an aspiring magician, and he calls himself the great Maritini, and he tries to do amazing feats of magic. He doesn't always get it right, and there's one part of the story where he wants to pull a rabbit out of a hat and instead pulls a hat out of a rabbit, <laughs> and... And in, in the original story, in the original manuscript, I kind of wrote and the rabbit was really mad and the rabbit did this and this and this. And in the finished product, um, the only text is the rabbit was very annoyed. And, and Tiffany wrote, created this illustration of a very upset rabbit. And it just told, you know, that, that one picture said more than any words, you know, that, that I could have put there. Oh, but that's really cool. And it sounds like, did you have a few iterations where you went back and forth to help create the, the picture itself? Like to your point, how the communication that was that some authors might have a lot of communication and some might have a smaller amount. Do you, did you kind of have something more like that? Like we, it, it was mu- what she gave me, I loved, you know, for the most part, there are little tweaky kind of things. Sure. Um, I remember there was something, uh, the great Maritini. Yes, this was, this, <laughs> this was fun. Um, the great Maritini, uh, it was set in, in, uh, we say in the story that he lived hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So, Tiffany's uh, illustrations had the great Maritini in a 
uh, tunic, you know, just kind of a thing. And when the pictures came back, my wife was adamant that the great Maritini should have some pants on under that tunic. And, you know, I said to Tiffany, well, Tiffany goes, well, it's not really the period that this is more, you know, I said, my beautiful wife wants pants. What can I tell you? <laughs> that's awesome. So that's, you know, that was one of the, one of the, and it wasn't even a debate or discussion. It was just, you know, uh, my, my beautiful wife thinks it should go this way. And you think I, she kind of has to win. So. <laughs> So the great Maritini has pants. But, uh, you know, but that also shows creativity going into it. That shows that it becomes your story to help tell and to make it something that when that reader is experiencing it, that they can do something with it too, that they, it's not, it's a, it's another form of showing creativity, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is. And it's, um, it is amazing how much, uh, uh, illustrations can add to a story. Um, one of the things that we encourage families to do, and it's a, it's a great technique for really young kids, is is to before the story is even read, just cover words up and do a picture walk through the book, and just talk with your young with with your kids. Like, oh, so what do you think's going on right now? And and so you imagine what the story is, and. Um, I think the great Maritini would be a great, um, a great book to kind of do that with because the pictures are different because that, you know, that annoyed rabbit, you know, looking up at the great Maritini who's holding a hat. And there's another scene, the great Maritini, he can do the first, you know, Jennifer, you've ever heard of the, of the trick when the magician brings a person up on stage and cuts the person in half? Yeah, yeah. The great Maritini can do the first part of that perfectly. The first part. The, the first part. <laughs> and so you see a very annoyed person who is cut in half and he's, it's fun. It's not, you know, it's the box is cut in half and the person's kind of like, are you going to put me back? So, I mean, just seeing those, those pictures would be fun to imagine. What's this story all about here? I like that. That's, I hadn't heard that, that tip before to go through the book without the words first. Just, I think that's a really great idea. That's so cool because they also get to kind of tell their own story mm -hmm. in that way. So, oh, I love that idea. So kind of going on the same idea of how to, to tell or read the book, do you, do you encourage reading out loud? And do you read your own stuff out loud before you put it into print? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can tell you, we've had over, we've published over 960 episodes of the Reading With Your Kids podcast. I would, most of the books that we've featured have been amazing. A lot of independent publishers, uh, uh, independent authors who've published independently. I don't know why I'm not able to talk today, Jennifer. Um, <laughs> but you can absolutely tell especially with the rhyming books, when an author has sat down and taken the time to read the story out loud to themselves and when they haven't. And it's very, very clear. Um, the Great Maritini is not written in rhyme, but it was a story that I told on stage for years with, with tweaks. So um, there are certain, when, when I do read it aloud, either on video or for an audience, there are certain sections of the book where it just come from memory and, and, and there's 
you know, it's animated and you can tell that I've, I've read this a lot of times. And um, I've heard that from almost uh, every author that's come on that, that's had a successful book. They, they've talked about reading it aloud is really important to see if it makes sense to you. Um, reading with your eyes silently is a completely different experience than reading aloud. And, uh, and, and you're, you're experiencing it with different parts of your brain. And so I think not only are you making sure that the rhyme and the meter are perfect in a, in a rhyming story, but if you're writing prose, um, you're also hearing it with, with different parts of your brain. And I think you can go at it differently and you can make better edits and more informed edits and, and it just helps it flow better. Oh, I would agree with that. I also think that, especially when you're reading out loud dialogue, mm. you know, do you, for instance, is a character going to use contractions? Mm -hmm. Because in, we tend to do that in conversation. So would they actually say, I cannot do this? Well, it might make sense depending upon the character, depending upon the, the situation that's going on, depending upon all the other pieces in that scene to really know that that makes sense versus formal writing just saying I don't use contractions well you're not turning in a paper for school you're working on dialogue in that respect so you might say I can't do that that yeah. that dialogue is going to come through and when you're reading it out loud you can tell some of those pieces and you know where you want to go with that you also can sense the inflection of pieces too yeah. Yeah. I think as you, as you were talking about that, I'm thinking not that I've written a novel, but I'm imagining if you're writing a novel with different characters and you take the time to, to voice those characters, I think you'd, you'd have a better sense of who those characters are if you get into it. And if you're talking about a writing dialogue for a gangster, you want to really feel that you've never robbed a bank yourself, but you can imagine what that is. And, uh, you know, talking about, you know, hands up it kind of helps it become more real to you, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to your point about with the rhyme and the beat or the meter, you know, with even I have some picture books and they have a rhyme to them. But to your point, I did read them out loud many times. And in such a way that when I do read them, there is that that's, there's a part that comes alive to tell the story because you're also talking to a little one. You're especially when it's a picture book, you're talking to a really young reader. You're talking to someone who's just getting started in reading, maybe till about first, second grade ish, somewhere in that range. So you want to make it fun. You want to make it engaging. You want to make it digestible for them to be able to read, but yet still grow in their vocabulary, grow in their comprehension too. So there's a down, there's a nice little dance that you're trying to do within a picture book. Yeah. And, and the great thing about a rhyming book is that it can help kids anticipate and participate. You know, so if you're talking about, uh, you know, one of your characters likes to sing and wear bling and, make the bell ring, you know, the kids, uh, the kids are going to gain a lot of confidence because they're going to be able to figure out that they, they, they can't explain to you what rhyming is, but they know it when they hear it. And, and if you're talking about the bear and he likes to sing and he's wearing bling, hey, you're reading. And that gives kids confidence. It gives, makes them, it makes them believe that they can do it, makes them feel that they are doing it. And, and it's just a, a, a lot of fun. 
And it's nothing, there's nothing more fun for a parent than to kind of set a kid up to hit that home run. Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. So I have a question for you as we've been sitting here chatting, something that just really, I wanted to ask because of your, your stage background with the magician to do the work there, but incorporating the children's books. And I know it leads into the podcast, but I'm curious when you, is there a, a time when you were on stage and doing one of your uh, one of your acts for one of the schools, or was there an experience where you just a child? There was something where you engaged with a child, and that child was like so touched by something that happened, or that it touched you, and it really created a memorable experience. That not every experience there is awesome. Don't get me wrong; I think they're all astounding. But I can tell you, at least from personal experience, that still at each time I did a school visit, I heard something special happened at that visit that made it a little different than the next one. And I'm curious if you had something similar. Uh, uh, how, do you have a couple of years so I can tell you? <laughs> um, I, I'll, tell you I'll tell you two really quick. One is adorable and one is um, unbelievable. The adorable one, <laughs> and it really was adorable. I'm performing. And the kids are sitting on the floor. There's six, 700 kids in this auditorium, uh, gymnasium, uh, cafe gymatorium, I think it was. And so the, the kindergarten or, or preschoolers, they're in the front row, which is, I don't, I know it makes sense because they're the smallest, but they're like in front and they get more, so frightened. But anyway, so they're in front. And so I'm doing this and I'm running around and I'm excited. And this one of the little kids just stood up and he goes, my shoe is untied. Can you tie my shoe, please? Oh. And I said, yeah, sure. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> and I did. Um, that's awesome. It was, it was. It really was. And, and the teachers were so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, no, that, that's awesome. That, and to me, it was like I was honored that, you know, kids, yeah. I, my kids were around that age at the time. Kid, kids don't go up to someone that they don't trust to tie their shoes they you know they go up to a stranger they go up to their favorite teacher you thought and, you were safe yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there was this one time jennifer and i i my my book real magic is based on this um i was in union city new jersey which is a really cool funky town it's right across the river from new york city tiny Area-wise, about a square mile. There's 85,000 people living crammed into that space. Most of them are uh, recent arrivals from Colombia and uh, and Cuba. Um, and the schools are huge. They're, the the audiences for my shows are like 1,800 kids. Oh wow! And I remember being uh, going out and and uh, getting one of the kids to come up on stage with me, and I picked this this little girl and she stood up and I it didn't quite hit me at the time, but I, I did notice that some of the teachers were like, oh, and you know, you're picking her. And I thought, well, a, a lot of times those, those kids, those quote unquote problem kids are a lot of fun when they get up on stage. But so that's what I thought the kids, the, the, the teachers are worried the kid was going to misbehave. She came up on stage and said, hi, what's your name? No response. And I thought, well, she probably just speaks Spanish and, you know, recent to the country. So I said, uh, hey, como se llama? Nothing. 
And, and at that point, I, I turned to the, I, I said, well, you must be nervous. I don't speak any other languages. Could you, could you all give my friend a nice round of applause, make her feel at home? And 1,800 kids gave her a clap. And all of a sudden I heard, uh, me amo Maria. I was, hey, Maria, how are you? How are you? And, and uh, I'm not fluent in Spanish. I know enough to get in trouble. Um, so I would I'd speak to Maria in Spanish and then speak to the audience in English and Sometimes I would get it mixed up and I'd speak to her in English and speak to the audience in Spanish. And that was funny. But then I noticed that as we we're doing the trick, she would answer me in whatever language I addressed her in. So if I spoke to her in Spanish, she answered me in Spanish, English, English. And so that was fun. And, and she did the trick and audience applaud. She, she went back to her seat and I went on with the show. Didn't think much about it until after the show. And I was there and there was a, an assistant superintendent with me. We were going around to all of the schools in the district and we we're breaking down. And we noticed Maria was coming back into the auditorium and she had this big smile on her face. I said, Mar Maria, ah, how are you? Thank you so much. Gracias por todo. And then we noticed her teacher was behind her and her teacher was crying. And we said, what in the world is wrong? I don't, I don't understand. And she said, Jedley, you probably have no idea. Maria is autistic. She's been in our school for two years. She hasn't said a word to anybody in any language. We thought she couldn't speak. How did you make her speak? And of course I said, I had nothing to do with that. It was just that you all made her feel comfortable. And um, yeah, and, and that- That's awesome. Yeah. My that, eyes are well laid up right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I'm, I'm just, that was you know there have been that was uh, it was 28 years ago because and I remember because it was right before my son was born and um it stayed with me I would love to see what Maria is doing now she's probably 38 39 years old um but you that's you know that's, that's not awesome. possible but it, That's but I've so had awesome. so many of those kind of experiences. So talk to me a bit about the podcast, reading with your kids. Ah, um, I am having so much fun with this podcast. I've met, so I've made so many friends, you included, you came <laughs> on to talk about your picture book series and it, it, it was just delightful. And there've been so oh, many of those folks like yourself who've come on and we made a connection talking about our love for kids, our love for creating something that a family can sit down and, and they can use this book to help fall in love with each other. And I think about that sometimes when I'm talking about these books and the, the authors that get that, that, that they're creating this thing that families can use to grow closer, to fall in love with each other. That's amazing. And, and so I, so I have all these new friends since the podcast has started. And I've been able to speak with just amazing guests. Um, my, my son uh, called me up one day and out of the blue, and he said, uh, you should have LeVar Burton on your show. And I said, yeah, I should, shouldn't I? I said, but that's never going to happen. Reading Rainbow Guy, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Come on. I th Hollywood movie star is never going to be on my show. And I thought, let's give it a shot. So I reached out, found a contact, reached out to um, LaVar's team and they said, yeah. 
And he was amazing. So I had a chance to talk to this, uh, you know, somebody that I've admired um, for years about his passion for reading and to hear him speak about his being inspired to read by his mom, seeing his mom reading, always reading a newspaper, a novel, reading to, to, to him, um, talking about the fact that he thinks literacy, the ability to read is emancipating, that gives every human being the, the, the power to go out and, and to learn to, to, you know, that that's been such a blessing. I've been able to interview, um, heroes of mine, uh, Father Greg Boyle, who is the author of, of Tattoos on the Heart and the founder of Homeboy Industry, the largest gang intervention unit program in the world. Um, Tattoos on the Heart is an absolutely, one of the most powerful reads I've, I've ever experienced. He, he talks about the, the gang members who come to the program and turn their lives around or who are in the process of turning their lives around when their past catches up to them and ends their life. And the, the stories of finding radical kinship with, with others for, you know, finding ways that we are related to these people who society has just forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Though it, reading the book was such a powerful experience for me when I had the chance to go to homeboy industries and interview him for the podcast that just brought the experience to a whole nother level to be there and to see this love that's going on to see these people who've obviously lived very hard lives who uh, live in a very dangerous world be able to express love for one another for people who had been enemies maybe up as, as recently as a week ago, come together and find ways to love each other in this place is a life-changing moment for me. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And, that and is it's awesome. All happened, it's all happened because of this silly little podcast that I do. Silly little podcast. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's, it is, it, it is a really, it's a beautiful podcast. There is joy. You can feel the love. You can feel the enthusiasm and those things are important because when you can feel those, it's not just about what is said, it's how you feel. And when you can feel that connection, you feel that love that's coming through, it makes all the difference. And when you, you as a host, you do that, you create that space. And so each episode does feel like that coziness, but it's still a fun sense too. And it's, I mean, I think it's a rewarding experience to be able to listen. Well, it certainly is a rewarding experience being producing it. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I, I feel blessed. I, I feel humbled. Um, um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I, I have this chance to speak to people who are way smarter than I am. And uh, that kind of makes me a little bit smarter too, I think. I think that you were the right person to have put together this podcast simply because one, your love of wanting to bring joy, the desire to want to build children and build families and bring love into that space and the fun. I mean, goodness gracious, the magician side, that just like, that makes it all fun. So it kind of all kind of fits together. It sounds like there were little divine breadcrumbs that kind of led to this place and you're the right person for it. Well, thank you. It, it, at, at the entire experience has been divinely inspired. Um, my, you know, uh, 
I'm, I'm currently binging a, a, a series on Netflix and, and one of the characters is encouraging somebody else to have a five-year plan. I never had a five-year plan uh, coming out of college. I just kind of, you know, went with it. I'm going to be a social worker. I'm going to change the world. Um, and then the world hit me and boy, it hit me hard. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't continue being a social worker. It was just too much for me. And then uh, God came along and said, you should do this clowning thing over here. And I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> but I, you know, when I listen, he's always right. That's the truth. And I think that he probably was right behind you with the great Marantini and great magic too. Well, yeah, real magic. Yeah, yeah the real magic. It, oh, people come, I don't know if that happened to you at your, your school visits, but I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and said, how did you know to pick that kid? How did you know that that kid needed a chance to go up on stage and to be the focus of it? How did you know? And I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> I just, you know, it's. Just follow what was that nudge inside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that it's a nudge. Sometimes I have to get dope slapped, but. <laughs> You, you do get these little nudges, don't you? You, you just kind of feel it. You, you don't can't explain it, but it's like someone going, go, go, go there. That, that one. Yeah, exactly. Jed, thank you so much. This has been such an amazingly fun conversation. Please tell everyone how they can connect with you and where they can get the books. Awesome. Well, the books are your, your audience. If they send me an email, Jedley, J-E-D, Sorry, Jedley, J-E-D-L-I-E. <laughs> Just talk about a brain freeze. Uh, my, my email address is Jedley, J-E-D-L-I-E at Jedley.com. So same spelling. Uh, send me a note. I will send you free PDF copies of The Great Maritini and Real Magic. Oh, uh, thank you. you. Can, you're very, very welcome. You can find... Um, uh, you, you you can find a print edition on Amazon. You find everything on Amazon. Um you can find the you can even find the podcast on Amazon on Amazon Music. It's on the iHeartRadio app. It's on Spotify, um, Ghana, the Spotify of India, Himalaya, the Spotify of China. Um, it's everywhere. And you can also go to our website, readingwithyourkids.com. And before we go, Jennifer, if any author out there, if anybody listening is getting feeling a nudge to to write a book or to do something different. And you're going, no, that's just the allergic reaction to something. It's not really a nudge. I'm not meant to follow that. Follow it. Go for it. Listen to it. Because you get something amazing that's going to come from you. And I can't wait to see it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Jed, you are just amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate you. Jennifer, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.